Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have Katie Birch, who's the Executive Director at Launch Indie at Union 525. Katie? Hello. Happy to be here. Thank you. Glad you could be with us. All right. I'm giggling because of some of our pre-show talk, which I'm going to ambush you with halfway through this. I just want you to know that. All right. Why don't you tell us about Launch Indie? What is Launch Indie? What do you guys do? Yeah, we're a nonprofit co-working space and entrepreneurship center for nonprofits, remote workers, any kind of small business, really. So we do have tech companies there because we're in the Union 525 building, which is all tech office space. But we're certainly, as a co-working space within it, very open to anybody that's looking for a downtown part-term or daytime office solution. All right. And then I wanted to have you on because you had mentioned that you guys are getting ready to launch a social impact accelerator. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. So as a co-working space, we do provide office space, but we also have some recurring meetups and then something that we're really excited about this next cohort, and that's our social impact accelerator. So it is a 12-week program for very early stage social enterprises. That can be a nonprofit. It can be a for-profit entity with a kind of do-good angle to it. Think about Tom's Shoes, but on a much earlier stage in their business process scale. It could be a benefit corporation. And we're really just looking for, again, very early stage companies. So either pre-revenue or very early revenue. It's, It's not really for the, we have several hundred thousand dollars in ARR, and we're seeking a million dollars in funding. Our goal is to get you to the point where you can be that way quicker. Okay. What is the programming made up of? What would I, if I, let's say I was bringing you Mike's shoes. Yeah. What would excellent. be the... I love the idea for Mike's shoes. What, it's super original. Yes. So it is catered to social enterprises and not tech companies specifically. So um, some of the topic areas are broad because it has to encompass business assistance for both tech companies and non-tech companies. But you'll be covering the social business model canvas, which is an updated version of the traditional business model canvas that a lot of people use to create kind of nimble, agile business plans. And then uh, we'll go over customer discovery, how to prepare your pitch deck. And that's, again, like preparing pitch deck People can, people have wildly different opinions about what should be on it. In this case, it's to prepare you for our pitch day at the end of it. So it might not be a pitch deck to prepare you for funding because it's a very different type of pitch deck. But for a lot of the businesses that are either just starting out social enterprises or non-tech social enterprises, pitch decks are kind of a new topic. So the goal is just to get people to the point where they can kind of pitch on that comfortably and to brighten them the practice. Um, We also have a mentorship program through it. So we pair local business owners, entrepreneurs with appropriate businesses for them. So if you're a successful education entrepreneur and we've got a social enterprise that's focused in the education field, I'm going to put you together. Those mentors are actually, by the way, quick plug, always seeking more mentors. But those mentors meet one-on-one on a on a regular, semi-regular basis or communicate by email semi-regularly through the course of this 12-week program. 
if somebody wants to become a mentor, how do they do that? Yeah. So for any of this, if you want to learn more, you can just email katie at launchindie.com. That's just a standard K-A-T-I-E at launchindie.com. We also have information about the Social Impact Accelerator on our website. Right before I got here, I had to write down how to find it. And I was hoping it would just be like launchindie.com slash social impact or something like that. But it is not. You'll go to launchindie.com, then you'll click on get involved. And then there's the social impact tab. Oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. But it, the actual URL involves lots of hyphens and slashes and long words. So so just launch Indie's website, get involved, social impact. Um, and we're updating that all the time. Who attends pitch day? Ah, so the very first pitch day, this is going to be our second cohort. We ran the first one late December through late March this year. And the pitch day, we had about 100 attendees. And in full transparency, I did not market it very well. So I thought 100 was kind of amazing. Um, And we had investors that we're interested in learning more about social enterprises, you know, more and more investors are saying, I want to do something good. And one way that I can do good as an investor is to invest in social enterprises. In fact, there are some venture firms now that just focus on social enterprises, which is great. But lots of just one person investors that are looking to diversify their portfolio in a way that makes them feel good. So we had several of those people from local and regional community foundations were in attendance. Several bigger social enterprises came to show support, mentors, obviously a few launch indie members in there. And then just people who are interested in the social enterprise space, but don't know how to get involved yet. So one really great outcome of the first pitch competition was I think that we had nine companies participate in the program And I think that every one of them after their pitches had someone come up to them from the audience and say, Hey, I want to help you with X. So, you know, in some cases, people's first run of their pitch deck was like a relative disaster, but people came in and said, Hey, I can help you with your pitch deck. It needs a ton of work. I'm ready. Or, Hey, I'd be very interested in interning for you this summer for free because it's something I believe in. So really great feedback from the audience and just proud of people that are interested in social enterprise. Do you know when that next pitch day is going to be? Great question. I do not. I can tell you that. So I just adjusted the timeline and um, applications for the program are live now through August 31st. Okay. And so let's see, September, October, November, you're looking at a late November pitch day, possibly first week of December. Um, More information to follow at launchindy.com. Get involved. Social impact. <laughs> you know, you could create a bit.ly. I know. Okay. All right. I know. It's all good. <laughs> I expect more from somebody who had their own morning show in college. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No one listened. That's the beauty of a morning show. I wasn't awake yet. <laughs> Real quick. Tell me more. I've not seen the social business model canvas. Yes. What's to, like, what are the different parts? Can yeah, absolutely. So it's really similar. I haven't looked at it in about five months, but it's very similar to the traditional business model canvas, but it has a couple of additional categories for impact. So for example, when you talk about revenue streams on a traditional business model canvas, there's also a section for how some of that revenue will be used to make social impact. So, you know, if you're, if you're Tom's shoes, that answer is to manufacture more shoes to give to 
people in need. If you're, I'm trying to think of other benefit corporations. Like if it's Patagonia, it might be like their extra revenue will go towards carbon offsets or planting new trees or something. I have no idea what Patagonia's business model. You, you probably nailed it. Yeah, I, it's a good guess, I would say, an educated guess. So it includes it includes an area for that. And then it also, on a traditional business model canvas, there's a section where you talk about who are our customers. And for a lot of social enterprises, there's an answer to who your customers are in terms of who is buying your product or your services. But then there's also a component of who are the beneficiaries. So identifying who benefits from it. So if you're... Gosh, this is really testing my level of knowledge on well-known benefit corporations and social enterprises. Um, but for example, if you're a if you're a marketing firm, this is an actual B Corp in in Indiana. If you're a marketing firm that donates a portion of your proceeds to provide web development for nonprofits, your customers are going to be different than your recipients. Your customers will be companies that need marketing assistance and your beneficiaries will be nonprofits. So it's very similar. It's very similar to traditional business model canvas, but it does include kind of what I would call sections for impact. I like it. Thanks. Sorry to put you on the Check it out. Yeah, Yeah. it's okay. I'm very impressed with myself for getting through that. That's good. (laughs) So this is your second cohort for this? Yep accelerator what other accelerators do you guys have we so we currently don't have any um i've got a few grant applications out for some other specialized programs and so depending on if we get any of those or when we get them um, it might be specialized topics i would love to do a software focused or just specifically maybe a SaaS focused accelerator but gear it towards audiences that are not already part of the SaaS ecosystem here. So maybe people who it's their first time business or they've never worked for a tech company, but they have an idea for something that could be a SaaS product. Okay. So if I had to pick what would be next, I would do something like that. And then again, pending some funding, I've got a, I've got a lot out there, but I'd love to do a, I'd love to do a spread out over the entire school year accelerator program for um, collegiate women's companies. Um, so, you know, in Indianapolis, we have the opportunity to work with several colleges and universities. Yeah. And then if you expand it within a, you know, a 50 minute drive, you're adding Purdue, DePauw, probably Wabash, I don't know, Franklin, several. So um, you do have a really robust network. And my observation, spending my time in Bloomington, business programs have, you know, a lot of work still to do in diversifying the like men to women ratio. So I would love to create a really strong support network sisterhood of women in business starting their own companies over the course of a year. What is it taking grant funding to to run a program like this? So I, it depends on who you ask. Um, I We run a lean ship at Launch Indie. So for, for us, any grant funding we're asking for would be to cover pretty much just the staff and a little bit of marketing materials. And so that's going to vary based on the size of the program. So so in the case of, well, I mean, this first one we ran without any funding except some sponsorship from local software company, One Cause, who provided the, the money for the pitch prizes. Everything else is just done by extra manpower, woman power, whatever on my part. 
But I think that we're currently limited in our scope because of staffing, because it is a it's a party of one at Launch Indie. So um, so until that changes, any any grants that we apply for based on the size of them will be incredibly different based on how I envision staffing it. So for example, tacking on an additional accelerator that's the scope of our current one would really just mean having the funding to pay someone part-time to do administrative stuff for the co-working space. So I'm not doing administrative stuff. Or if it's someone who's interested in running the program, covering their salary and a little bit of marketing materials, or like, you know, everybody wants a t-shirt until they don't because they're tired of t-shirts. But for now, everybody wants a t-shirt. So covering the cost of, you know, shirts, marketing materials, and catering for demo day or something like that. In terms of bigger scale, so I so I have some curriculum written out for bigger larger scale accelerator programs that require a staff of two or three people. So you're talking much larger grants on a on a national level that I'm just going for and swinging for and eventually one of them will be a good That's fit. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you talked to any of the local venture firms or communities about potentially sponsoring accelerators like those? So I've had casual conversations, but I need it to lay a lot more groundwork in terms of what materials to present to them. This is probably the third time I've shared information about the accelerator on the podcast, but I've not done any active recruiting for funders on a local level. Okay. All right. I'll let it go. But that sounds great. Anyway. If you're interested in sponsoring. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Katie at launchindy.com or launchindy.com. Get involved. Social impact. <laughs> Got to shorten that. I know. Bitly forthcoming. This episode is brought to you by Full Stack PEO. Most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need, not because they love tracking payroll, filling out compliance forms, and explaining employee benefits packages. And yet, all that stuff still has to be done. That's why there's Full Stack PEO. Full Stack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies, not just those core services, but advice and expertise that help founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find out more at fullstackpeo.com. What else are you guys doing right now? Right now, we're bringing back a um, monthly recurring pitch night for social enterprises. So this is independent of the accelerator program that we're running. The local chapter of Social Enterprise Alliance, which is a nationwide network of, think of it kind of like a chamber of commerce for social enterprises in your city. An Indianapolis chapter, a central Indiana chapter rather, just spun up last fall. And it's actually kind of what prompted the first cohort of the accelerator. At their kickoff party, I ran a social business model canvas session and received feedback from the, there weren't very many participants in my session. There were like five people and every one of them was like, I need more help than this and you could help. So that's kind of what prompted the accelerator. But to support them as they grow, I think one thing Launch Indie can do to contribute and it's something that we did in the fall and winter and we kind of put off over the summer and we're ready to do again is just a monthly pitch night to get people out of the woodwork to start meeting each other. And so the company's pitching, it's very, very low structure. So we've got one or two social enterprises that just do however long a pitch they want 
within reason, of course. I'm talking like five minutes that or less. That could be dangerous. That's whatever. what I mean. Anything yeah. you want. Okay. It could be in some cases we've had we've had people prepared to just stand up without any slides and just be like, hey, here's my name. Here's my business. Here's how we make money. Any questions? That's the Mike Shoes pitch. It's that yeah. easy. Yeah. It's that easy. It's like Tom Shoes for Mike's. Like that's, <laughs> that's how you describe it. Um, so... I also like the idea that it only benefits people named Mike. So your beneficiaries and your business model canvas are only people named Mike who need shoes. Turns out that's still a third of the world's population. Yeah. Yeah. See, so it's a winning business model, frankly. I always think as a redhead, I always think how hard it would be for me to start a redhead specific business because of market share. Like it's just, it's, it's so small. And I've seen several redhead specific makeup companies fail because they can't get the market size that they need. But I always think, man, like if only it were makeup for people named Mike or something like that, you'd be much better off. So you're, I think Mike's shoes, you're onto something there. Anyway. um, So the structure is very simple for those enterprise uh, pitch nights. It's really just one or two social enterprises. And then we try to bring in like a resource partner. So we've featured Central Indiana Social Enterprise Alliance before for them to talk about what they do. We've brought in attorneys before to talk about the state of um, social enterprises in Indiana because it's an area of interest to them and what makes your legal considerations different if you're a benefit corporation or a social enterprise than if you're you know, just a standard brick and mortar business or software company. We've brought in investors several times to talk about why they like investing in social enterprises. So it's kind of it's a it's a multi-purpose event. It's to get people out of the woodwork. It's to get people talking to one another. And it's also one of the reasons I was doing it is I felt like people would come up to me, social enterprises would come up to me and go through this cycle of talking to me. And then I would recommend they go talk to someone and then that person would go recommend someone else. And it was just this kind of unending cycle of conversation and I can't stand inefficiencies like that. So I was like, let's just get everybody together. So we're bringing those back for the fall. It'll tie in nicely with, with what we're doing there. And then we also really recently fancified our co-working space and we have an art gallery now. So every quarter we get a new art installment from local artists and we just got a new one in last week. So yeah, I encourage you to stop by. We don't do the curation. Someone does that for us, which is good because it would just be like, me finding kids that do finger paintings or something. And who, who does that? Putting it on the wall. Um, her name is Amy. I can look it up while I kill some time. Our current artist is Alyssa Frazier, and she does digital collages, and she is very cool. So Amy Ward handles our curation of local artists, and she also does the coffee shop inside the Union 525 building as well. And I think she painted the murals in the coffee shop. Nice. All right. And then you recently twisted my arm to get me to buy a couple of laptops. Yes. Why don't you talk about that? Yes. Thank you. Um, first of all, for your donation and second, for giving me an avenue to talk about that. So um, one thing that I've loved about the social enterprises is that the business owners are coming from all kinds of places. So you've got you know software developers at existing companies spinning off a social enterprise for robotics programs. You've got a recent college graduate who's running a nonprofit coming to the table to grow her enterprise. And then you've got people from, for example, economically depressed parts of the city who have really compelling ideas that can make an impact in their community, but they've never started a business before and also have probably not had a job that mandates they know how to build a pitch deck or 
or, you know, work collaboratively on documents or something. So one thing that came out of the first cohort was that several of our participants, you know, we had a great session on how to build a pitch deck, but the reality of the situation is that not everyone has a computer. And it's something that, you know, in the early 2000s, academic researchers were really hip to the digital divide. And they were like, there is a growing digital divide amongst America. And it comes down to several types of access. So physical access, do you have a computer? Motivational access, are you motivated to use it? Skills, skills access, once I have a computer, do I know what to do? And then just usage access, like the basics of like open Google, find what you're looking for. So that's a conversation that was like very hot in the early 2000s and then kind of fell out of fashion because the business world really like caught everyone up as far as they were concerned on access. But um, it's something that's actually still really prevalent. So I think about the fact that when I was in high school, we were one of the first schools in Southern Indiana to get laptops. To me, that means like, first of all, cool for us. But second, it means that almost every school in the region didn't have laptops for several more years. And then there are probably some school districts that have still never gotten them. And we take it for granted working in the tech and business world that everybody probably has them now or like, oh, your smartphone can do anything. That's fine. But I think there are whole generations of people my age and older that have never had a computer are missing some of the key components of types of access that I was just talking about. Um, And that's having an incredible impact on how much they can accomplish in terms of starting a business. I think that starting a business is in some ways easier than ever because we have good tools, but it's also harder than ever because you have to have access to those tools. So um, in light of that, and to support a couple of the entrepreneurs in the first social impact cohort this spring, we've got a fundraiser going out of Launch Indie. So every $200 we raise funds a Chromebook. Um, which is, I, I don't know how much time you've spent on a Chromebook. It's kind of like computer light. Um, so it's kind computer of, a, it, it is. It's, Google is not a sponsor of this um, podcast. No, Google now they never will be. I know. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I have a Chromebook that I use at Launch Indie. So it's the exact same model that we give the recipients. But in the same way that your phone runs Android operating system or iOS and iOS is not the same as what's running on your MacBook. I yeah. mean, it's Chromebooks are very similar. So you'll have icons for email on it and it'll just bring up your Gmail account. Same with Google Docs. So the beauty of Chromebooks is that they are so affordable and they really are lowering the cost of entry for tech. Um, so again, $200, every $200 we raise is going towards a Chromebook for a local entrepreneur who doesn't have access to a computer. And the academic scholar and me because I did study technologies, technology access in grad school. So I can't get away from this is um, this is why, you know, so much about the digital divide. Yes. All right. Absolutely. Good. Um, talk classes on it. I was but, wondering where um, that was coming from. Right. So yeah, as Van Dyke would say in 2002, the beauty of the program though, is that because keeping all of this in mind that we know about digital divide and access. Um, We're not just giving away Chromebooks and telling everybody to have a nice day. So we're hosting numerous lunch and learns out of Launch Indie that are how to use free tools that entrepreneurs need to grow their business. So the timeline and turnaround for this was very fast. The first iteration of it was a, a Fundly, which is just like a GoFundMe, for the first five. And that was over two months, April and May gave away the first four Chromebooks the first week of June. So very fast turnaround, just an important public service announcement. If you buy Chromebooks on Best Buy's website, you can only do it two at a time. 
But if you go into the store, you can buy more. <laughs> Doesn't seem like something that would matter. But but we're already doing these lunch and learns. So we started them in in mid-June and, you know, but in a relatively short amount of time, we've done how to use Trello for project management, how to use Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Forms, Google Slides. Because Google Slides actually has some really nice templates for PowerPoint presentations that you I can live use for in pitch the decks. Google Slides. Yeah, exactly. The idea that you don't have to be spending money on all of this. Um, we did a session on Canva for all of your graphic design needs because Canva is free or if you buy the enterprise version, it's like $12 a month. And we recently did one on how to build a website in Squarespace. So we're really just trying hard to help level the playing field for small businesses in Indianapolis that were not previously participating using computers. So it's been great. We've already raised funds for now, thanks to you, 11 laptops. And we've we've actually got them all spoken for. I've got one more person waiting to pick one up. And then we're good to go. And that's without really marketing it. I let a couple of local business organizations know that we had them. And that's all I did. So, um, so it's certainly something that there's a need for. And I think it's something that's easily scalable, doesn't have to be done by Launch Indie. But I'm happy to keep running that operation. So um, it's something that's been really fun and really fast. Um, I really like when things come together in a very smooth manner and local businesses have been great about stepping up and offering to teach the courses. So because you don't want me teaching how to use Trello for project management. I can't do it. So who who taught that? That was Drew Kinsius from Be Life. They teach agile development and he's like a Trello guru. So he stepped in and volunteered to teach that. I was worried I was going to have to try to train myself how to use Squarespace or force our software development intern to do it. And then one of our member companies, KS Gilmore Consulting, stepped up and offered to do it. So I've been really lucky that people have stepped up and offered. I have had to teach a couple of sessions myself. I offered to myself to do the Google Slides, Google Docs section, but um, I'm always open to new ideas too. I'm not a tech entrepreneur myself. And so the tools I use are not necessarily the tools that um, are always going to be most relevant. So I also welcome suggestions there. You have a lot of awesome ways for people to get involved at yes. whatever level. That's why we have a whole tab for it on our website. Yes, <laughs> a whole tab. Yes. Yeah, so we really, I mean, always welcome volunteers for for those lunch and learns, if companies want to make small donations and make a big impact, those Chromebook donations are just a really easy way to do that. And then at Launch Indie, the programming that I offer is limited only by my bandwidth. So um, if companies are looking, big big companies are looking to make a corporate level donation for something that can really make an impact, we're also always looking for sponsors of our space as well. Awesome. All right. Is there anything we didn't cover that you hoped we would? We're just about at time. Gosh, I don't think so. I think you ask all the right questions. We all got right. it all covered. I'm sure people have no idea how to get a hold of you. Yeah. If they have a question, if they had a question. Check the get involved tab. Um, no, um, you can email me, Katie at launchindy.com. Uh, you can call the number on our website. I'm the only person who gets that. So I will pick it up. I can't ignore it in case it's a telemarketer because it could be something important. So I will answer your call every time. Or just stop by Launch Indium there every day. Awesome. Hey, real quick, yes. where in Union 525 are you? Oh, excellent question. So if we're in the we're in the south, southeast quadrant of the building, and I know it's a labyrinth, but um, we're in suite 1C. So during business hours, you can reach us by going through Startup Alley from the lobby. 
and look for the doors that say Launch Indie. Uh, we are pretty well marked. Or you can go back through the coffee shop and just rattle the door handle until someone comes to open it for you. <laughs> right on. All right. Hey, thank you so yes, much. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. If you're thinking of launching a SaaS product, startup competitors can provide data on your closest competitors, survey potential users, or provide other product validation services. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.